When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football. <laughs> the smile from Joe, so insincere. And Game Source, we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you could like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, the great folks at LakersBall.com, go ahead and check out Ox1947 as he rummages through all the groups today at LakersBall.com, plus our good friends at Lakerholics.com, go ahead and join Jamie Sweet the number 16 Lakers blogger out there, striving hard for number 16. There you go. You can go ahead and check out his latest Five Things article today at Five Things Articles at Laker <laughs> at Lakerholics.com. Let's go ahead and check out the number one. <laughs> oh, the messages are already it's so flowing. funny. You guys are like all happy today and Well, you know, we want to be in a good mood, and we'll go ahead and maybe explain why a little later on. But the number one Lakers blogger, Laker Tom, hopefully will join us today. He's also at Lakerholics.com. John, I sent you the email, so you can go ahead and join us as well, John, if you can. John McCallion, or you in the chat group. So go ahead and join us today at Lakerholics.com, plus also as well our good friends at the Hoopheads Podcast Network. (laughs) It is sincerely appreciated. Oh, that's already flowing indeed. But I wanted to go ahead and start off before we get into the main topic of the show, talk about real quick some things that we spoke about on our last show, especially to Jeff Green's comments in support of Russell Westbrook. I do want to mention that, yes, Russell Westbrook did hit 44% of his corner threes last season and 40% of his threes from the corner the previous season with Washington. That's good. That's great. But the thing is, last year, the corner threes, all 11 of them, were 4% of what he actually took in three-pointers last year. And the year before that, that 40% was only 2% of the actual attempts that he took as far as three-pointers from the outside. So he doesn't like going to the corner even though he makes a bigger percentage of them. 
So if it's only going to lead to 3% of his total attempts, I don't know what that, that says about Russell Westbrook. I guess he doesn't like going to the corner or being an individual on the corner that's going ahead and maybe has a better chance. But Jeff Green, if you can think of a better idea for Russell Westbrook, please go ahead and mention it in the comments. They are always appreciated. Again, appreciate everyone out there going ahead and talking about this and following us. Go ahead and make sure you like and subscribe below Jamie Sweet today right there on YouTube. You go ahead and get the latest notifications on when we go live. Well, John said, no, John, I disagree with you. Westbrook does like shooting. He does like shooting indeed. Of course, John says, Yami Swoot. Yami Swoot's in the house, plus also Joe Sorrell. We'll get to them in a sec. But the second thing I wanted to go ahead and cover is that, yes, indeed, the Knicks did sign as we were going off the air last time around. They did sign R.J. Barrett to an extension, a four-year extension, I guess in the neighborhood of $107 million, but with incentives can go over $120 million if he reaches all those incentives. So if and that's a good deal, I think, overall, especially with the cap rising and the, and the deal, the expected TV deal that's going to go ahead and raise up those caps even more. So by the end of it, if he's a good two-way player, which a lot of people think he's going to go ahead and end up being, it's going to be a pretty good deal for the Knicks. But that pretty much got them out of the running for Utah, or at least had to have them rethink about how they would repackage a deal for Utah. And I guess Utah didn't like that so much. So they had plan B right there on the phone, they gave a call to Cleveland and renewed interest and renewed talks. And then less than 48 hours later, they dropped a deal with the Cleveland Cavaliers for Colin Sexton, who signed a four-year deal, sign and trade, Lowry Markinen, uh, their first round draft pick, Abagji, and also three unprotected or lightly protected picks. No, unprotected picks, because the lightly protected picks they have is in the Gobert trade. There's only, uh, I think, one or two of those. So three unprotected picks, first-round draft picks, and two pick swaps. So that's three players, three three draft picks, and two swaps going to Utah for Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is heading on his way to Cleveland. So that begs the question, after all this talk about Donovan Mitchell going to possibly work out some sort of three-way deal with the Knicks and the Lakers and the Lakers being somehow involved in all this mess. What do we do now? Now that Kevin Durant has decided to stay in Brooklyn, Kyrie Irving is most likely going to stay in Brooklyn for a while. And now Donovan Mitchell has been traded. What do the Lakers do now? Is another trade with Utah in order? I know I watched Bobby Marks and his instant reaction was for Danny Ainge to give Rob Palenka another call to try and see if he can get Russell Westbrook and those two first round picks. All that they have really left to go ahead and trade for right now is Bogdan Bogdanovich, Mike Conley, and Jordan Clarkson. Is that enough? We'll talk about that coming up on the show. Plus, I wanted to ask the guys some final thoughts right now as it stands, if you know, not making any other changes and not talking about Patrick Beverly. Who is the newcomer that you're counting on the most or do you thinking that might step up to the plate the most this season? We'll talk about that on the show as well. But first up, first man here, he's the man behind many of the comments that are made at, of course, LakersBall.com. He's a good man, indeed. you got to go ahead and check him out there. It is a man who I'm ready to go ahead and face off like I'm at the U.S. Open because he talked about volleys and serves and back and forth. So I'm getting my tennis racket. I'm ready to play. 
I'm ready to return to my friend. So once again, he is here in the chat room right now. It is, of course, Ox1947. It is Joe Soro. Joe, great to have you back. E e easy there, Jim Cornette. Easy, right. easy. Yeah, easy. well, you know, I'd have the cover back on, and I'd give you a whap <laughs> on the back right there for you. If that was Be that as it may, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and get your thoughts on this. Uh, you didn't think I would remember. I no, no, hoping, I remember. I remember. That's good. I, 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 I was hoping Jamie would remember, too, but I, I'm sorry. It was just one me. We'll play singles, just like it's the U.S. Open. But your I, thoughts on this trade I was Mitchell. I, Mitchell. Yeah, I was waiting for the proverbial, this must mean something. <laughs> mean what? You have a, I know that Cleveland had LeBron, and that was an anomaly, right? Yes. But teams like Cleveland and Minnesota, they really don't have any choice but to dump massive amounts of assets to get talent to come to, well, Minnesota and Cleveland. And everyone is still talking about how Gobert, the Gobert deal was a uh, was thievery. This is somewhat of thievery, at least of, in, in assets, uh, especially if those teams don't, you know, end up playing for, for titles or at least deep in the playoffs. So it's not a surprise, number one. And I also look at it as, look, these guys don't have any choice. They're going to have to do something to be relevant because no free agents go to Cleveland and no free agents go to Minnesota. And how that pertains to what the next move is, here's my suggestion for the L.A. Lakers. I think Rob needs to, in some way, get it out there that the Lakers are done talking. We know we we know the GMs want to bend them over for unprotected picks in 27 and 29. We know that they're not going to give a squat in terms of effective players that are actually going to put us in legitimate contention. So what are you what are you really going to do it for at that point? Why are you going to saddle yourself and uh, let's say you you you? you you keep chasing the money at this point. You're just chasing the money. It's time to stop. We've lost. <laughs> Last year was a major loss. This year, we don't know what's going to happen, but we have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen. And it's just better to know at the end here that you at least are probably going to only lose this next year. And that's it. If you start making the other deals to try to compensate for what you did last year. Now we're going to never know really what's going to happen in the future. Let's just end it. This let's end the charade. And if somebody comes in at the last minute before training camp, during training camp, whatever, and finally submits and says, look, we're not going to take your assets or at least we'll, can we have a, a first round pick with, with some protection on it? We'll give you some talent we need to dump some salary. We'll take your, you know, your expiring. And then at that point, you at least somewhat give yourself a chance to kind of do both. That's where the Lakers should stand. And that's, I think, the right move business-wise and, I, you know, just mentally-wise. If there is to have no deal at all, let's say there nothing happens, no one comes in at the last second, if Rob is to change the narrative of his 
ability or his grading of being a GM, he needs, in my book, he needs to convince Jeannie to tell Russell Westbrook to sit home. They're not winning with Russell Westbrook. They just won't. He is not capable of helping this team win. His talents don't translate. I would, and 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 if that's the, and that's the case, being that the case, you need to at least make sure that the young guys that you just flipped all the old guys for have a positive influence when things don't go well. LeBron, I know he's been known to quit, but I heard that kind of stuff with uh, Kobe too. Kobe quitting in Phoenix, things like that. I don't necessarily look at it, look at look at it as quitting. Uh, I think that's more a, a, an interpretation thing. I think there is that point in your human feeling that you're seeing that things aren't going aren't going our way, and then you're just kind of you're kind of deflated. Um, but you have a young team, and then you have two guys that are your leaders that have been known to either be that are both team players. And both play team ball, regardless of all the other distractions. Bottom line is LeBron James and Anthony Davis don't really, they don't affect the team part of this thing. And this is a team sport. So Russell Westbrook affects team sports with his inability to take accountability for his bad play. And his attitude likely outside the court as well. So we need to at least, if you're going to, if I'm going to take you seriously that you really want to try and compete this year, you're going to have to either figure out a way to have that guy off your team or send him home. That's where we're at right now. Uh, I I felt for the last month that there wasn't going to be anything done. I was hopeful to some degree, but there's been a little bit of my instincts telling me, dude, if this deal hasn't been done right now, there's no way. There's nothing really out there at this point anymore. We were never going to get uh, Donovan Mitchell. I don't even know what can, what can s- brain activity went through that to actually say that other than just to get clicks. There was no way in hell we were ever having any chance of getting a Donovan Mitchell. I don't know why that even came out. So now these guys want your picks. You tell them to eat it and just get ready for training camp. I agree with you on that wholeheartedly. There's no way I would give up those two first rounders for those guys. I would say, have a nice day if that's the case. You're going to give me some complimentary guys like that. You know, I'll, I could trade you Russell Westbrook's contract, but I'm also, if Jordan Clarkson and also as well Mike Conley, they have options on the second years of their contracts. So you might be stuck with those guys for two years. I'm not taking back, you know, I'm not giving you any first round draft picks and ignore that. I'll trade you Russell Westbrook to get those three guys. And also, I think if you trade Wenyan Gabriel, you throw him in, I think it, it balances itself off. So I think that's a, it's a wash there. So I think it works out in a trade. But and, I would not give up any draft picks. And that, that is the explanation here. And and, and for, for the audience that listens to the show, that's been listening to the show, I'm hoping, and one of the things I wanted to clear up in this show, because I've kind of noticed it in my head, it just kind of popped in today. I don't want to confuse you guys in where our this is an a constant change. I react to the current decision making 
if you make a good decision, I am going to support you. If you make a bad decision, I am then going to criticize your decision. I don't dislike or like anyone involved in any of this. LeBron, Rob, Rob, Jeannie, whatever. I don't know these people, okay? I'm reacting as a fan, Mm -hmm. and I'm reacting as someone who is who has a audience that wants to listen to us discuss this situation. So I'm trying, I I wanted to really make this clear on this, this show for the future and have it obviously logged in here. If people ever, ever, you know, listen to it later. I will, I, I want you guys to understand when you make the right call, you are going to be, I'm going to champion you for that. You make the wrong call. You're going to get really criticized. I don't dislike or like anybody in this situation. So in this situation, I am going to go, and again, the whole positive, optimistic, pessimistic stuff, that stuff doesn't mean anything either, at least not to me. I'm, 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 I'm focusing on the current situation. So right now, let's, right now, I am going to say that they're doing the right thing. They're not budging and getting, let, allowing themselves to get hurt here. So we need to commend Rob and commend Genie, if that's the case, now it's okay. What's next? Now we have to wait. They might make a a bad move next, or whatever. We don't know. But as of right now, we're getting a pretty good idea of what's going on with these teams and what they're trying to do. And now your principles have to start kind of kicking in. Your support of the team needs to start kicking in. Well, if you guys are trying to, you know. Pull a pull a pull a fast one on us. No, no, I'm not, I'm 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 not going to be in support of that. I'm going to support the people that have that have said no because I I believe that's the right call. And that's that's kind of where I'm, I'm, I'm I am on that. And also here today, good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out at the five things articles available right now at LakerHolics.com. I kiddingly call him the number sixteen blogger out there as far as for Laker blockers. It is a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out today at Lakerholics.com. It is my good friend. As uh, John McCallion reminds us, Yami Swoot. It is Jamie Sweet. Good to have you here, my friend. Trying to get you. Laker Tom on, seeing if I know he said he's a little tied up, but he said he's going to try and make it if he can. I know you're here for a limited time, but I wanted to go ahead and get your thoughts on this. Where do you stand on this trade, and where do you think it leaves the Lakers now in their position as they go forward? I mean, for Utah, it's a you know, it's in line with what they're trying to do. Good trade for Utah. They got draft picks. Uh, they they moved a young asset and got what they wanted for it. I'm sure Danny Ainge would have rather some of the guys that came back been on shorter deals. Laurie Markakin's going to be there for a while if they can't move him. He's not really a needle-moving player. Hard to see him fitting in either as a rebuilding, you know, piece to include in your rebuilding process or as a, you know, as a piece that's going to be easy for them to move. He's, Sexton he's just signed a four-year deal too. And yeah, he's, he's going to be there a while. So, you know, they, but that, Hey, look, they got plenty of draft picks so they can, they can entice somebody to take them if they want, you know, they have at least seven yeah. plus pick swaps. That's plus before their swaps. own draft picks. Those are and that's those not even including rates. second rounders. So, yeah. you know, they have, they're, they're, they're awash in assets unlike us. So, you know, and I think it's a great move for Cleveland. You know, this is just another example of it's always the trade. You never hear about it. it was Knicks, 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 Knicks. Wait, it's the Cavs. Nobody saw the Cavs coming. And so this is why I kind of, this time of year, I, for the most part, tune NBA news out. 
uh, because it's just people trying to direct people to their website, rate their articles, get some hits, get some clicks, and that's fine. That's that's what they're there for. So, but for me, it, I don't get a lot out of it. Uh, it's not interesting or fun, or it's not an exercise I particularly enjoy uh, exploring or anything like that. So, I, you know, I think it's a good move. It's a win now move for Cleveland. You know, they were they had a they had a deal on the table for Sexton, which they thought was fair. This is more money for him. Great for him. Um, and I think that, you know, it's an undersized front court, but it's an oversized, I'm sorry, it's an undersized back court, oversized front court. So who knows, maybe that'll cancel each other out and they'll, they'll be a solid defensive team and able to score. Um, you know, well, with that front, with that front line of Allen def- and Mo, yeah, you get really, I'm worried about their three point, how many baskets they're going to give up at the three point line. Yeah. I think their interior defense will be just fine. Jared Allen, they're shooting, solid. I think from the outside is yeah, it's a bit of a concern because they because they just lost a pretty streaky hot shooter uh, in Sexton. But you know those things will work themselves out. Mitchell's a pro; he knows how to get to the cup. He knows how to score. It's a great thing to have alongside Darius Garland. And if they can stay healthy, I think they'll make waves in the East. You know, I, I look at that as like a three, four, five team right about now uh, with good health and good luck. So, you know, everything that's just that's just a shot in the shot in the dark. But um. As far as the Lakers go, I mean, this is just another door that's closing, right? You know, everybody was thinking that their best chance to get, you know, something decent for Westbrook was, uh, you know, a three being involved as the three-team salary dump for, uh, you know, players that nobody really wanted on either team, which always made me think, like, well, if nobody else wants these players, why should we want guys like Evan Fournier, who doesn't really move the needle and isn't really all that great? a whole list of guys who are kind of like, eh, <laughs> about. And and it really has become an exercise in, for Laker fans, this has now become, how do you feel about starting the season with Russell Westbrook on your team? It's not a question of if. It's for a long time for me, and I, you know, I've blogged about it. I've talked on here about it. I've argued in other people's blogs about it. Uh, I've, I've been putting it out there that Russ ain't going anywhere until February. Um, it's when his deal is going to be the abs- have the absolute most value to an, another team, uh, cheaper buyout, all the cap relief. What's not to like in February that you need to make a move right now this summer before you've even seen what you're working with with your team. Um, if you go for a Russell Westbrook trade, you're going to trade so many players away that you're basically, and if you're going to buy them out, you're basically signaling you're giving up before the season starts. And teams don't function like that in the summer. Nobody gives up before the season ever starts. Like everybody at least gives it a shot, uh, especially the way the modern NBA with the lottery draft lottery is and all that stuff. So uh, for a while, I, I haven't really seen, I understand the desire for Laker fans to move off of Russ. That's that, that I understand. That's, that's easy to get. It's nobody's ever one time for months now, since like March <laughs> have, has been able to say like, why another team needs to move quickly on this? Why another team needs to lower their demands? And the reason is there there is no reason. There's absolutely no reason Indiana should lower its price for two role players because the Lakers desperately would want to trade for those two role players. So you jack the price up. Like like that's that's this is how capitalism works, people. So this is this is the NBA form of capitalism in terms of draft assets and their worth to teams as rebuilding tools. So so, so let me ask I you this. Agree with I, Joe. Think- I agree with Joe. I would have to say this. I agree with Joe in that I think this is a smart move to not sell uh, undersell your draft picks and to not do yeah. what we've done the last few years, which is 
oh, we think we have this small problem with a roster and we, we really like the way this guy kind of fits in with our mentality. We'll throw a first round draft pick at it to just get it done rather than like take a hard stance and negotiate and maybe try to work for a slightly fairer deal, like with pick swaps at least, or, you know, protected picks. You know, it just, it's gotten to be absurd the way Rob has thrown assets away at this point, whether it's first round draft picks or players we've brought in or players we've developed. Um, we don't have a good track record of getting even you know, of getting money or getting the fair value back for the, for these draft picks and players that we send out. So uh, if anything, I take this as a sign that maybe that's, that's changing both, you know, in Rob's mind and the overall front office's mind, Jeannie's mind, you can't just keep throwing first round draft picks away because eventually you get to a summer like this where you really need, it's not like, oh, I'd rather have Dennis Shorter than Danny Green. We needed to make a deal this summer. And we went into the battle with a, with a pop with a cork pot with a cork shooter and some some cap guns. And nobody was nobody was uh, impressed with our arsenal. So it's not surprising to me that it, here we are, February now, or I'm sorry, September now. Camp's about 34 days away, 35 days away. And I fully expect Russell Westbrook to be on the on the on the team. I in no way entertain the idea that Jeannie Buss will sign off on paying him forty seven million dollars not to show up, stay stay home. I don't. I I just it, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Anybody floating that idea is crazy to me. I'm like that's no that that's crazy. She, she if she's going to whine about veteran minimum Jared Dudley not playing, uh, there's no way on this planet, in this dimension, in this reality, that she will ever sign off on telling Russ to stay home. And by the way, he's your 47 million paycheck. And, and thanks. It's just not going to happen. So, um, yeah, uh, he, he won't stay home, Gerald, though. So, sorry. Well, again, that's my <laughs> opinion. Blue Magic is saying, well, Blue Magic is saying, I also got something for Paul uh, here in a second. Blue Magic sure. said, if Westbrook comes back, is the panel's preference that Westbrook be sat out or brought off the bench? I think for what Joe has said earlier previously, I think what you have said previously, as far as him being such a negative or possible negative on the team as soon as training camp starts, I think would be wise for all parties just to have him sit out. I think that's just best for the organization at this point in time, because I don't think it's going to be happy kumbaya as far as them yeah, getting on. That means you're going into the season with a 47 million cap handicap. Yeah, you value winning. If you value winning, that doesn't matter. You've already made the mistake. Right, it doesn't you, matter. Right, and this is different. This year is different than last year. Last year we had a little bit of luck in that we had a really easy month and a half of of, of, of basketball in terms of, of of strength of schedule. This year, sixteen of the twenty teams we play, the first twenty games, are Western Conference teams. So there's a very good chance that if this guy continues to be the unaccountable buffoon that he's always been, you might start the first 20 games at 7-13. and 13. Well, I also wanted to go ahead and mention as well, I just think right now, again, it's just too much of a distraction. I think it's too much of a, a something that could – I mean, it'd be great for our shows. Let's put it – having him and Patrick Beverly there, even if they want to try and mend fences, would be awesome – to have as far as just conversation on the shows but for the team success going forward it would not be something i would advise and i would just say okay if you're going to be stuck with this contract i would just say send him home and just go ahead from there 
I also want to mention to Paul, uh, Paul, who's a jazz fan, who's been on our show as far as in the chat room of the past few weeks. Thank you so much again for hoping to continue to be a part of this conversation that you have. Congrats to your team for getting a very good haul. I thought, you know, I understand that what you're saying as far as what Tony Jones, uh, one of the Utah local reporters who's really in tune with the jazz, saying that the Knicks were lowballing the jazz on it and, you know, the usual mind games that are going on with it. And I'm glad that the, you guys, you know, have a nice haul in return for for what you perceive as far as Mitchell. I thought Mitchell's the better of the two players between him and Gobert. But maybe if you even it out, I think that, you know, it's still all the picks you got and all the players you're getting back is going to set you up for a pretty good future going forward. I wanted to say right now, though, that uh, in, recordings, in accordance to Westbrook, as I said earlier on the show, there is absolutely no way – I would give those two picks up as far as for what Utah has left on that roster nope. with all due respect. Uh, and it would take, a, if you go to the trade machine, you do need to go ahead in order to get back Russell Westbrook's salary. You would need to trade Conley, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and also Jordan Clarkson. Uh, I think the Lakers would have to throw winning Gabriel in the mix just to even it out. But yeah, it's just too, it would, it's just too far off if you only trade two of those three guys. And with those three guys are really not going to push the needle far enough that you say, hey, I got to give up two first round draft picks. And I just don't think it's worth it. But and Jamie. Utah's hard, and another thing, Joe, Utah is hard capped right now because of this. Trade, yeah, took exactly. That, that's something that's something Bobby Marks did mention, along with trying to hit up Rob Palenka. But would you, you know your thoughts on it? Joe already agrees with me on the fact you would not trade the two draft picks. I would trade Westbrook for those three guys. But Me I would too. not trade the two draft picks. And that's that's what we need to the the salute. Sorry, go ahead, uh, uh, go Jamie. Jamie. But do you agree no, I mean, with Joe and I? I would no. I would if it was a straight swap, no picks, no picks at all, hundred yeah. percent. You yeah. do that right away because then you're getting you're getting value back, and you're not having to overpay. But if if they fleece you for a a, a, a draft pick of any kind, I, I mean, you want to make it look cute. Throw him a second rounder or two and be like, okay, look, you won the deal. Okay, yada, yada, yada. Way to go, Danny Ainge, and thank you so much, your gracious majesty. Um, and Jeff, uh, the Houston Rockets, I'm just going to say this real quick, and then I'll throw it back to Joe, but the Houston Rockets situation is very unique. They had, they, they're had they not trying to win a championship the last two years. They were in the same boat the Jazz are in right now, trying to offload big contracts for expiring deals and picks. They ended up just buying wall out. So, you know. That it's, there's not a lot of similarities there. The Lakers are trying to trying to be competitive this year. Houston is not. I mean, I'm sure they wouldn't mind being competitive, but the goal is to pre- prepare themselves for the future. Competitiveness, should it come along, will be a happy bonus gravy on top. But we're not in the same situation as the Rockets are right now. Um, we're in a we're in a win now mode because of that LeBron extension and because we have LeBron and AD on the team. So. I, I understand. I can see everybody's logic as to why they would want Westbrook to stay away, but I'm just going to tell you that based on what Jeannie said about minimum salary players not playing, based on the fact that the Lakers would be going into the season with a $47 million handicap in regards to the talent they can put on the floor, I just do not see it happening. Maybe he comes off the bench. I think he's starting. I think he's starting alongside Patrick Beverly. I think he probably I is think too. it's going to be. I think it's going to be one Much interesting. Much to my I, hey, Listen, I, you know, Tom Alphen says like, "Oh, you always take the easy path." It's not easy 
having these thoughts. Okay. It's not fun to be to, for this to be the conclusion that I come to, but this is the conclusion I've come to. And if I'm wrong, that's it. I'm wrong. I was wrong about Russ Westbrook last year. I thought it was going to be a better fit. He wasn't. Uh, I've been wrong about many things in my life. I don't take much there's, uh, being wrong as part of life. So, you know, it, you roll, you roll on once you're wrong one time and move on. This is Raphael from NBA draft And you are listening to the Lakers fast break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I don't feel like that people have done that as much, especially with this international release. You can get it out there right now. I know you can get it out there, but it, it feels like this time last year, people have just been like, oh, you can get the Here's cell phone version yeah. that was taped somewhere where it's like, <laughs> you know, shell shaky has some dude or some family that's walking right in front of you as they're climbing their seat with the popcorn already in hand. No, you know, come that, on. You, really? yeah, that version is already available. Yeah, but I mean, like with a mono I, sound. There you go. Oh, God. Yeah, that's that's the worst part. You only get sound in the left ear, not the right ear. Something like that. You can find that version already if you really want it. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers will look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Joe, I just wanted to go ahead and set this up like this. I know Jeff Green's in the chat. I don't know if, Jeff, you caught my beginning where I said as far as Russell Westbrook from the corner. The corner three is not something he's wanted to take. The past two seasons, he has shot 44% and 40% from the corner threes, but that's only combined 3% of his overall attempts from the three-point area. So at this point in time, it does not seem like it's going to be a shot he wants to take. So it looks like he does not want he to alter his game at this stage of his career. So okay. what does that really help your team? Well, that's the, and that that adds to more of the deficiency mentally that Russell Westbrook has. He actually has a spot on that court and a coach a coach will would, would need to divide. That's what makes you a good coach is having your players put in the right positions to make them successful in turn, making your team successful. And all of a sudden we're hearing he doesn't want to take that shot. This is the problem guys. This is why we're vicious with this guy. We've gotten to the point where what does that even mean? Why would you even think that say that? Did he say that G did he? No, he he hasn't said that. It's just statistics. It's just, again, the past. So the statistics say he doesn't, he's taking 3% of of a shot that he's really good at taking. What does that tell you? What it likely tells you is that he has to do things he doesn't want to do to get to that spot on the floor. The same reason why he doesn't play good team defense is because he actually has to have fundamentals included into that so that it can make everything successful, right? That's team defense. We saw a 2008 Boston Celtics team turn into the – 89 Pistons 
with Ray Allen and Paul Pierce on the team because those two guys said, we are going to follow KG and play dominant defense. Okay? Is it possible that he could become a good defensive player out of nowhere? I've seen it. Again, I saw Ray Allen and Paul. I'm using that as an example. And they became a phenomenal defense that year and won a title. But he doesn't look like he's capable of making that sacrifice. And if he's not willing to make that sacrifice, which is him shooting, which is he likes to score and triple doubles, right? If he's not going to do that, if he's not comfortable doing that, how is he going to be comfortable doing the things that really aren't fun to do? And Darvin Ham can kumbaya all day long. Okay, it's going to go, it's going to, as soon as those those losses turn from blowing a 13-point lead with seven minutes left in the game to all of a sudden you just lost your sixth straight game, and all of a sudden the Laker crowd starts to chant, not on the court, but outside, and then he starts whining and crying about how they're calling him names. It's over at that point. That's why risking bringing this guy back is so dangerous right now i will have to see him do a 180 mentally in, in in this thing for me to buy in that he's going to be a productive player on this team productive player meaning title contender the guy is making 47 million dollars this year he is supposed to be the third star so i i don't he he has to do what it would cost two stars to do. That's how much money he makes. So if he's not going to do the little things, how are the young guys going to – this is a very impressionable league, guys. I think you guys know this. A lot of these guys are – again, it's a young man's game, and a lot of these guys are in their early 20s. It's not going to work out well when you have the leader veteran guy acting like an 18-, 19-year-old. It's not going to work, guys. The second something goes wrong, he's going to derail it. And the issue, this is the main issues with guys like Anthony Davis and LeBron James, is they're not the demonstrative types. They're not like Kobe or MJ that are going to go into the locker room and say, listen, bleep, bleep, this, we're trying to win a championship here. Clean your act up. They're not going to no, do they're, that. They're going to joke and be buddies. Right. They're going to do their handshakes. Right. And they're going to do this and then do this. Right, I've seen Westbrook do this on the sideline. Okay, uh, I saw a like video. A of, routine. And now that we're talking about the year of Chris Rock, right? Because of what happened at the Oscars, <laughs> there's a great clip of Chris Rock. I don't remember. I, I was reading his lips. You no one really knew what he was saying because the the, the 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 audio was just towards for the crowd. But there's a scene. And this was, I think, the '09 playoffs. It might have been the '09 playoffs where Chris Rock. You can tell he's joke. He's like telling a joke and he's drinking something and David Spade was next to next to him and Kobe's just sitting there like just oblivious to anything around them. They don't make those mofos anymore, man. They don't make those guys because that guy would be all up in your thing, getting that out of you. You know, it cracks me up when people say Kobe Bryant wasn't a team player. He was selfish. How are you a selfish player in a team sport? When you spent the first 14 years of your career in the finals right. with two different teams, two different title contenders, two different I think he averaged, dynasties. I think he averaged a, 
I think he averaged a shade over five assists per game. That's not selfish. For a shooting guard. We are in the results business. Yeah. The results said when Kobe played, you went to the finals every yeah. other year for 14 years. Selfish players don't do that in a team sport. So we don't have those guys anymore. No. So if you're going to have a Anthony Davis and a LeBron James on your team that are not going to be like that, well then, guys, you're going to need to put players around those guys that they're going to be able to I guess, inspire in their own way and get them to make shots when they're open and get them to play defense when it matters. And if they can't do that, why are you going to have this guy? I don't care how much he, I don't care if he's making a hundred million dollars. Do you want to win? This is about winning. Let's win. At least we go out fighting instead of setting ourselves up behind the eight ball right off the bat. I'm just saying. How many games do you think? Okay. So let's say, let's just say for one second that, the Lakers start off so badly that the front office, Jeannie Buss, coaching staff, LeBron AD, all get on the same page and say, this just does not work. Nobody can make this work. We're all healthy. We're all trying. We put Russ in the dunker spot and Darvin Ham's offense so we can maximize his interior rebounding skills. He might end up being the best rebounder on the team this year, incredibly. Things of that nature. They, they try. They throw. They throw the kitchen sink at the problem. It's not working. How many games into the season do you think it takes for them to make that change? I truly believe. I think it's one of the positives in, in playing a strict schedule. The first twenty. Yeah. That is going to tell you a lot. everything. It's I think so. Tell you everything. If they first, start out seven and thirteen, though, Jeannie has to make a decision. She yeah. has to. Even if we are setting ourselves up for not being a contender, like we know we might make the playoffs, but we know we're not going to win the title. At least try to build something from this year so that when you go into next year, you got the young guys for a reason, right? You got them because you want guys that are actually going to be able to play and not be injured half the year or guys that are in their mid-30s, right, that that, that aren't. Their guy, their, our guys were washed up last year. We know this because nine of them washed have up. not been picked up, right? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, they're they're done. They're like Baysmore got picked up, so yeah. I think Baysmore and DeAndre Jordan got picked up, yeah. and that's it. I mean, Melo will get picked up. I think he's just waiting until another couple of weeks to pick a team. Yeah, we 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 have but, to set the stage now for. And LeBron's already said he's committed. Might be available for those guys. So beyond this year, he's already said that, right? LeBron said, even said recently, he 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 might want to even wait till Bryce, his his, his second son, would be would be there. Okay, okay, LeBron, and I'm going to give LeBron the benefit of the doubt. Again, guys, results. It's a results business. LeBron is going into his 20th season, and he has produced a high end product in his play. Until that stops. I am going to assume that he is going to continue to play as well he, as he is. And we have seen this in other sports where there are some guys that are just keep on, just, they're the anomalies, they're playing. So I'm going to assume LeBron has another two, three years left. If yeah. that's the case, then guys, let's set the stage right now sure. this year to see if we can build off the season 
And then in the offseason next year, then let's get one big one or two really, really good ones. Or maybe if we're lucky, get three just perfectly fitting type guys. Again, I, I, it sucks to say this after criticizing guys like Kuzma and KCP to some degree. And then I never criticized Caruso. Caruso is the perfect role player. But those type of guys, there's, that's what this team needs, guys. We, 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 we made a mistake. The Lakers made a mistake, and I think they know that. And I think we need to maybe start thinking about bringing that back again. I know Jamie Sweet's got a head on out. Please go ahead and check out his five things articles today's at Lakerholics.com. Appreciate Jamie. You saying the, the you know, all is you want on the trade. Hopefully he can get you back on for Sunday. So looking forward to that there. But best of luck. Have a great weekend, my friend, and go Lakers. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It's Gerald Glassford along with the too sweet, too sweet indeed. Joe Soro dropping the NWO reference right there. Wanted to go ahead into what Nick Wong and Blue Magic have been talking about here as far as Russell Westbrook. I think they're they're giving us, at least talking about anyways, the potential point guard options that we have on the team. And if hypothetically, you know, they that Russ plays okay to decent. First off, for the health of Laker Tom, even though I'm kind of actually thinking that for Lakers fast break content purposes, as Blue Magic alluded to and I've alluded to, it might be best to keep Russell Westbrook on the team just for the fact that it's sheer conversation alone. But for the health of my friend, Tom Wong, I think it would probably not be best to have him on the team just because, again, Tom has been very adamant and, you know, I don't want him getting upset at all. It, Nick Wong says, it's okay. <laughs> He's not here. You could say, I wouldn't be worried about my friend, you know, just getting so angry on camera, something bad would happen. So Nick, believe me, I want to keep Tom alive. I want to keep Tom well. So <laughs> maybe we should get Russ off the team ASAP because I know he's been very adamant about it and I'll leave it at that. But hypothetically, let's say he stays on the team and plays okay. I still thought, and my original thoughts, because I've been waffling back and forth. It's one of the few issues I waffled back and forth on. I agreed with you. I agreed with Jamie. And then I agreed with you. And I agreed with Jamie. I, I, I do think that the deals, the one thing I've always said is that the deals for Westbrook, hypothetically, would get better, regardless of whether he plays well or doesn't play well, closer to that February trade deadline for the Lakers. At this point, that's that's it's looking like it's playing out like you guys thought. I I don't know if in today's game there's enough. It's not like it was in I don't see it being like it was in '95 when when the Rockets traded Otis Thorpe and and, and fillers for for Clyde Drexler and they went went on to win a championship. I don't I don't I think the game is too sophisticated for that large of a of a shift to go on to win a title. The trade deadline in these in these times is more about maybe getting a player that can help you win, a role-type player. I haven't seen a deadline trade that made you a – that you, you went into it where you were a title contender, but you also knew that I wanted to really make myself a title contender. We're – it, it, in our situation, Russell Westbrook would have to be playing well. We would be, I don't know, usually we're playing, what, 55 games 
going into the All-Star game. So let's say we're... Uh, actually, about, about around 50. Right about let, 50. Okay, okay, so let's say if it's 50. So let's say we're 30 and 20. And there's a, you know, you, you just like LeBron said, you know, if we... If we're in the playoffs, I, I, I'll, I'll bet on AD and LeBron in the playoffs, right? So if you're in that mode, do you do you still have a chance of trading Westbrook for a guy that would make you better and really set you to title contention? Well, the best chance would be in February. who's out there. I mean, I don't who who would be who would who would be a third guy that would be available at the deadline. That would be like wow if we got him and well, why is, is that team going to trade him to us? Well, as I originally said to you when we started this conversation months ago, I originally told you that come February, the teams that think they have a shot now—this is not based. Hold on, let me let me explain. Okay, let me okay. let me let me explain. The teams that think they have a shot now, you know, because let's put it this way: twenty of the thirty teams think they have a shot at the playoffs and are playing and are trading and are making moves and are practicing and are gearing up for a run in the playoffs this year. There's five to 10 teams that don't think they have a chance and are pining for Victor Wembiyama and Scoot Henderson. Okay. Let's put it that way. By the time February rolls around, more teams will be added to the mix about teams who think at that point in time that they need to go ahead and start planning for the future. So they will sell off assets to the highest bidder or to the best deal that they can get. So you will see in Indiana, who thought they were a playoff team come this time last year, realize during the course of the season when things went south, they got to go ahead and trade us a bonus for some type of assets, and they got Halliburton out of that. And then again, there's going to be another Indiana-like team that I think is going to be in that same situation or more teams that think they will go ahead and, you know what, maybe we weren't as good as we thought we were injuries or circumstance or just bad play come February, there might actually be a lot of better deals on the table. And I think there's going to be better deals on the table then than there is right now for the Lakers as currently constructed that you don't have to give up either one or both of those first round draft picks. I feel like you think this is kind of like baseball where the Indians realized they were not going to be able to sign Francisco Lindor or well, last year is proof. Indiana okay. is living, proof but Indiana, of- pra- Indiana traded Sabonis for a really good player. They didn't just unload. Yeah, they, they, did. they got they- back a really good player. Indiana was a team that they realized their season was going south, that they were not going to make the playoffs. And they yeah, realized they're they were not going to go ahead and build not, for the future. They're not they're, the key for their future. Right, but they're what's Sabonis going to do? Even if let's say if we we were in that situation last year, you're right, Jeff. Uh, Cleveland is the Guardians, not the Indians. Well, when Francisco Lindor was there, they were the Indians. That's what I meant. Sorry, the Guardians, the Tribe. <laughs> uh, uh, please, please, come on. I think you think the deadline. I really believe that the, the NBA deadline is not like baseball. Football tries to do that crap has been trying to do that because they're trying to because the NFL are such selfish you know what they they try to make the deadline in the NFL matter because the NBA would they own that genre that free agency the the craziness and the NFL's like well we want to create a, a deadline and we want to make it exciting or I should say baseball owns the deadline 
NBA owns free agency, and then of course NFL owns everything else. NBA and, has a good trade deadline. Uh, they really made they they, they 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 used to. Uh, lately, it hasn't been that exciting. I haven't really seen a lot of you know like difference making trades. And as far as this situation, for this to work out for the Lakers again, let's say they were thirty and twenty, and Westbrook is is being let's say functional. Who is out there right now that's going to be competing that has a player that would be perfect for this team that they would be like, man, we owe this guy another four years or three years. Let's say we, we, we he, he came to us and he's like, look, guys, I want to re- I really want to win a title and accommodated. him. But they're going to want assets back. They're not just going to take Russell Westbrook. They're going to still want those first round picks. The only way you're going to trade Westbrook is if another team wants to dump longer yeared contracts that's it. it it's not gonna be this thing where oh well you know what we're not gonna win so just send what's his name over there it, it, it's it's just not gonna that's not gonna happen i don't see it happening i i don't know when it's happening uh there's either gonna be some kind of equal return or you're gonna have to give up draft assets and at this point you only give up those two picks for a third star that's going to help you win a title i just think again the deals will get better closer to February than what you. I don't have. see any deals though. Who's out there? Who is a good, great? Who is a very, very good player that has a contract that's let's say two years beyond twenty twenty three that a team will want to unload to get an expiring contract like Westbrook? Well, funny you should mention that because in the Arizona Republic they mentioned I think it was earlier this week DeAndre. That, yep. Yeah, yeah. DeAndre. DeAndre yeah. Aiden. Yes, and Cam Johnson, who right. I would rather take. But than that was for Miles the other guy. <laughs> that was for the other guy. That was for AD. Oh, that was for AD. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's for AD. That's right. <laughs> Davis. Yeah, so I thought I, AD. I chuckled go. at that one. Uh, it, that would might that might make that might make sense if AD has another thirty-five game season to some degree, but I don't believe in any way. Come the deadline that the Lakers are going to be able to move Russell Westbrook for a third guy that will help them I didn't them say compete. a third guy, but at least for a package that's, uh, you know, probably a little bit better. Or, or even, a, even a split now. of that third guy. Let's say it's two guys that are equal to three, right? Well, maybe in three. Terms of impact. Okay, or three. Who? Who is going to do that without them requiring a draft pick? Unless those three are not playing well and you think they'll turn it around in L.A., and their contracts are beyond this year. I mean, there's a lot of scenarios here. I, I think that, that, that uh, the Duncan Robinson thing, uh, I think, uh, came up in the last few days where Miami w- might want to start dumping some of those contracts, but I don't, I don't know how legit that is. I don't know if Pat Riley would do a deal with the but Lakers. Again, you and I are in agreement that you would not trade for what Utah has now as far as the role players, Bogdanovich, Conley, and Clarkson. You would not add in those two first-round picks. You would there just is, trade Westbrook straight up for them. <laughs> I, I, think, I think we should give Rob credit. For and I doing, am. I'm going to give him credit for not Give not him credit for them. doing a trade yes. with Danny Age where he did not require to give assets. That's a miracle. Has Danny Ainge ever done a a trade in his career where he didn't get back assets, draft capital? I I don't know. I'd have to look back. I was surprised, too, that there was no draft capital. But it made sense for both. It made sense for both. So they take a risk 
in getting a young player, and then they unload they unload a guy that they don't really care about, and that's and that's it. And the Lakers get get THT off their books for next year. That that's that was a pure money deal. Uh, that, that's all that was. It was a money deal and a a deal for Andy for for Danny Ainge to just you know give it a shot. Hey, maybe THT come, becomes a, a a viable player in the next two to three years when we're building our next you know title team. It made sense. It made sense money wise, and it made sense risk wise. So, uh, so uh, as of as of now, seeing that there's really only one, maybe two deals left on the table as far as right now, but they're not outside of the Indiana deal, the most enticing. Do you see now, because you were so adamant, but Laker Tom, of course, was the most adamant about this, about Russell Westbrook not being on the roster come opening day, come the opening game for the season for the Lakers. Do you see now a scenario that he actually will be on the team come that first game in Golden State? Knowing how, knowing what I know about the ownership, Jeannie and Rob, they don't have, they haven't shown me they have the guts to do a move like that. So, yes, I believe Russell Westbrook will be in the starting lineup come game one against the Golden State Warriors. Well, one move out there, is the Indiana trade something you would pull the strings for with the two draft picks involved? I, I would do that- it in one scenario okay. that they do a top eight protection on one draft pick. That's it. One, okay. and that has it still has to be protected. Maybe a pick swap instead? Pick swap, sure. That that that's fine. I think that's probably that's probably the only trade that kind of would help and sort of has some realistic scenarios where does Indiana say, look, we really need to get rid of this contract at this point. They held off long enough. Let let's meet halfway. Let's or let's meet to there. We're still getting rid of this, you know, Buddy Hield's contract for two more years after this. And Miles Turner is always hurt. He's not. I don't know if there's going to be any value there, anyways. If he's not playing, they'd have to look at it that way for that for them to finally say, look, let's just get at least a chance at a either a pick swap or a uh, a top eight protected first. Hey, these guys will probably be in the teens anyway, so we'll probably get a, another first round pick out of it. And we save a bunch of money. This is Indiana, guys. You know, NBA teams, there are some teams out there that are trying to cut salaries. They can't afford to be in luxury tax uh, areas and things like that. And Indiana is definitely one of them because their their state, their arena doesn't really, they're not doing too well right now in terms of filling it up. So it makes sense. <laughs> Jeff Green says, Russ and Pat Bev in the starting lineup. The it's dynamic. already going to be, it's already you know going to be. Well, I will just say this. It would be like a Batman. You know the Batman from the 1960s? Because you would see them fighting each other with pow, zap, boom, smack. You would fight, see them fighting each other. That would be great for TV. Yes, and we would be punching ourselves, pow, so we can get away from this nightmare. <laughs> you and Laker Tom. Uh, look, I, I, I have tried to... Take out the thoughts of having to cheer for a Patrick Beverly. It's really going to be difficult already to cheer for a guy that's just not, it's not the kind of player that I like watching. I think, uh, you know, Dennis Rodman was an obnoxious basketball player, but he made up for 
his play by just he, the guy was able to 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 contain Shaq. You know that that's how good he was, and you somewhat dealt with that because he he did have the work ethic, he did have the energy, he did have the skill set to be extremely effective, and was a championship difference maker. Okay, Patrick I Beverly is a go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, Patrick Beverly is a mouth that brags about going to the playoffs eleven out of twelve years of his career. That's his that's his stance on that. Which is what what does that mean? What do you want? It's a twelve place medal in in the movie meet the Fo- meet the meet the parents or Fockers or whichever movie it was what do you what are you you're proud about going to the playoffs what do you mean we I went to the playoffs you're you're a role player you're nothing I'm trying to get that out of my mind I'm trying to focus on uh what the Lakers are going to do to win and just kind of play biding my time until the opening uh, actually till till training camp Odog actually has a good question. Why not trade with the Knicks for Fournier, Randall, and Cam Reddish and get them Westbrook and one unprotected? I will start off by saying Fournier. There's a reason why Fournier has been a disappointment in Boston and in New York with inconsistent play. I will leave it at that. On uh, Randall, we all know how his year has gone for you guys as far as Knicks fans are concerned. I mean, Randall, he's much beloved here in L.A. Obviously, he did not leave on the best of terms because the Lakers did not offer him a contract and the, obviously having to decide to sign LeBron instead. He had that one great all-star year, and his game has tailed off in the year since. So where does he stand on Randall? Would it be redundant with what you have already? You'd say, uh, I know, O'Dog, you said that he would be good backup or insurance for A.D., can't quite say I agree with you on that simply because of the fact he's not uh, tall enough to be playing the five. And then you said Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish, I know someone that Laker Tom does have interest in, but again, he's already not worked out in Atlanta or New York. He does have untapped potential. I think he does have a future in the league. I'm not sure how much of a future, but that'd be kind of iffy to give up the one unprotected. I'd give them Westbrook for those three, but I wouldn't give up any draft picks. Yeah, there is no way. Well, the thing is, I don't, Genie's not taking, they're not taking on 25 mil for the next four years of Randall's contract. That would pretty much uh, put a kibosh in next year's uh, summer of trying to get maybe a third guy or at least two guys that, that can really set the team to a, title contender situation for 23-24. Randall on this team would be best as a sixth man, but you don't pay a sixth man 25 million a year. So you're you're just not it's just not a realistic trade financially and of course flexibility wise it's just not going to make sense for the Lakers. And for the Knicks to do a trade for Westbrook, it, it would have to include Randall. That would be the whole point of taking on Westbrook's contract and also being able to match those contracts. There's no way who else are you going to, you're not going to trade RJ Barrett. So what, 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 what exactly is going to happen? And I'm sorry, but uh, Cam Reddish is not a good player. I don't know if he'll be a good player later, but this, this is the second time I've heard that he's wanting to play more. What does that even mean? If you want to play more, you, this is a performance business. If you play well, you will get playing time. We're not in high school. There isn't a high school dad that, you know, the coaches in the school have to cater to, you know, puts thousands of dollars in their budget. This is the pro sports is the NBA. It's a performance based business. If you think that you're good enough to play more then you, 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 you would play. 
I don't like that kind of – we don't need that guy there. We already have one already that's really bad where he feels like he's entitled. So Cam Reddish, he hasn't shown me anything. Um, until he does, I don't even I don't even think about that part. But for the Knicks, I, I think you need to get that out of the way and, and, and just understand that that deal will never happen unless Jeannie takes on the John Randall contract. That's That's the only way. If we did the Indiana trade, we would probably pick up someone like TJ McConnell and the Lakers would get back Winnie Gabriel He's again. Got, then, well, hold on. Let me finish. Both him and Heald are three years on their contracts. They would probably most likely both of them pick up the final year on their contracts, just to let you everyone know. You would have to know if he's going to actually make shots. Now, TJ's already, already having issues in Indiana shooting. And you know my thing with the L.A. shooting, guys. You know the, the – what did the – Rashid Wallace say, when, when playoff time comes, things get a little tighter. Well, in L.A., <laughs> it's always playoff time in L.A., so it's tight all year. And <laughs> I don't know if you want to risk the – I don't know if you want to risk adding more salary on a guy that, you know, might Luke Walton it. <laughs> Don't think I could do it. Well, again, <laughs> both him I told and you, I, he, I, I both told... him and Heald would be on. You would actually add it. Like again, those are guys would be on three year contracts. <laughs> it's it's. Trust me, I I, I would love. Th- that is actually the perfect combination of what they need. They get the center that works perfectly with the talents of an AD. You got Buddy Heald, who without a doubt can shoot. Nowhere, everywhere he's gone, he can shoot. Can't play defense, but if you have the right chemistry, you can at least have him be somewhat marginal. And then you'd have a TJ uh, coming off the bench who, if he could shoot at least 38% from the bench, now becomes valuable during those times when your starters are sitting down. Yes, it would it would be in terms of the positions and the talent and the somewhat abilities. Yeah, but... Pressure changes everything, and we don't ever really know what that does until we watch them play. And we obviously saw what pressure did to Russell Westbrook and what it usually does to young players in L.A. It's just very rare that they 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 flourish. It's it's it's, it's you got you got to kind of pick your spots with, with with certain players. And I I don't know I I just don't know what the Lakers are going to do. Uh, it's very likely that if they were to get a deal done, the only one that's that makes sense from a talent situation is probably Indiana, but I, I still, I, we're still talking about a, a management that that took the Lakers to the NBA on on tampering charges. Do these guys really even want to help us? Um, we've heard all these rumors. Are they true? I mean, everything that's come out this summer has been a has been garbage. You know, do we even know Pritchard wants to do a deal with the Lakers? Do we know it really? I haven't seen anything that would say it is. I think it depends on if how far he wants to tank. I don't know. Tanking in the NBA is a waste of time, in my opinion, in so many ways. I I don't. I don't know why you would even want to deal with that. Well, it's expected to be a good draft going into next year with Scoot Henderson, of course, the number one right now candidate that's out there, Victor Wembyama. If you've actually seen any tape on him on YouTube or what have you, and you seen any footage, he actually is showcasing a lot of skills that have a lot of, you know, I guess scouts drooling, 
I've actually seen him for about an hour now as far as various footage and whatnot, and he's really good. But then again, there's a lot of questions still abound. Obviously, when you have a young player that tall, that skilled, that age, you don't know how he's going to truly develop, but he, he's heading in the right direction. Scoot Henderson, I've seen play, and I really like what I see there. I think he's going to be a really good player in the league. So we'll see what happens. But O-Dog, Elias, uh, great to have everyone here. One of our highest numbers ever live. We truly thank you for going ahead and being part of what we're doing here at the Lakers Fast Break. Before we head on out and before we head on some final thoughts on what's going on with today's trade, what it does for the Lakers, I wanted to go ahead and mention something as well. Blue Magic kind of alluded to it. We didn't address the biggest need in our roster, the wings. Toscano Anderson, JTA is about to carry the wing by himself. Disaster waits. Joe and Gerald, I'm scared this is going to be a repeat of last season. I think a lot of people are. I'm going to be honest with you. I think a lot of fans out there are scared of it going south once again like it did last year. I agree with you. The wings are still a very weak point on the roster at this point in time. To me, I think of all the new additions not named Patrick Beverly, I think JTA might actually be the most likely to succeed scenario, the Malik Monk award per se, because he'll be the one that's most likely given most of a chance. Lonnie Walker is going to come in making the most money, but I'm not convinced that Lonnie Walker is going to continually be a good contributor to the team. I just think there's some holes in this game that's going to probably not allow him to succeed. He's going to have to develop in ways that he couldn't in, in San Antonio in order for him to go ahead and consistently get minutes on the floor your thoughts on this i'm agreeing with blue matching that i do have a concern that this could go very much south unless one of these new players that's not named pat bev stand up and become a integral part of the lakers roster (laughs) for the for the young guys to be contributors they're gonna have to have a good environment they're gonna have to be you know nba players all have egos and they're all ridiculously talented right some are better than others obviously but they're still all phenomenal athletes and they're great at playing basketball the the, the most positive thing in playing with lebron james is he's been one of the few all-time greats that wants the players around him to play better. It might be for selfish reasons so that he can win. And that's part of what being the number one guy is. You're, you can't fault him for that. That was, that's how it works. However, the results are, you are going to get the ball. We know this, you know, this, these guys that are coming to the Lakers know, Hey guys, if I'm open, LeBron's going to give me the ball. doesn't matter if it's a last second shot. doesn't matter if it's in the first quarter. He's going to drive. If you're open, he's going to throw you the ball. Now, can you make the shot? Is the question. Most don't on a consistent basis. What makes that even harder is if you have veteran leadership on there that doesn't make up for that. So when KCP was going through a drought, when Kyle Kuzma was going through his shooting drought pretty much an entire half season and the playoffs, there was something else there that created another option, just like Kobe in Game 7 of the 2010 Finals. He couldn't find the basket. 
but he led the whole game in rebounds and played good defense and got to the line at least, right? He did everything else great when he wasn't doing this great. And that's all because you had this cohesiveness of people backing each other up. Powell was making shots. Bynum would make a couple shots. Lamar was doing things. It made up, right? That's the point. This is a bas- This is a team sport. Basketball is a team sport. So if you have any kind of wedge into that team concept, it's just going to make it even harder for these guys to contribute in the correct way. And you have a lot of smart teams out there that are ridiculously talented and have good coaches. They're going to feed off that. I mean, I would feed. I mean, it's so easy to feed off a Russell Westbrook defense. Guys, just do this. You know what he's going to do. He's going to open up his hips this way. You're going to have an open lane to the basket because he's too lazy to do this. And I would even tell my players to tell him while you're doing it. Really frustrate him. Really get in his head. That's what you do. That's what you do. You're there to win. So it's you know, Lonnie Walker. You you mentioned Lonnie Walker, and I I I've been trying to stay away from that a little bit because I I don't like bad. Why he makes he he signed for the I, exception I six, we, six we, million dollars. We did. Know. We looked at the numbers on Lonnie Walker. Okay, if Lonnie Walker was the worst rated defensive player on a Greg Popovich team, how that is a scary statistic. That is a very scary statistic, and he's not that good of a shooter on top of it. I know Laker Tom likes to stress the second half of the year, but overall, he is a 34% shooter at the best. 31 uh, for the first half. I think he shot close to 38, 39% in the second half. I want to believe that I want to believe from three, of course that he will be better. I want to believe that Russell Westbrook will play the way he was supposed to play last year, well, before last year. The reality is you can't make the same mistake twice in my book. You can't, you can't, you you learned your lesson the first time. That's what that's for. We assumed this was going to work. It didn't. And the evidence from that is not something where you can just go, oh, here, there. Now it's 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 going to be fine. We're talking about a, a a business where age matters, where a mentality matters, and if that mentality doesn't switch to something better, or if that athleticism is not getting better, or at least staying where it needs to stay, or let's just say fundamentals, the fundamentals of making a layup an open layup. I can't tell you in the last five years how many missed layups I've seen. I used to see a missed layup in the first 26 years of watching basketball. I would see maybe one missed layup a month. That's what my memory remember. I don't remember these guys missing wide open layups. Now it's every game people are missing layups. It's because the fundamentals have slowly eroded, slowly eroded. You're watching. I'll give you a good example. When we were, I was watching the uh, 1999-2000 Birth of the Dynasty on Sportsnet. Right, I've seen it a hundred times. They always show the replay, and they were they were talking about how when Phil Jackson came in right away, 
They were doing all the basic fundamentals, how to make a layup, how to pivot, how to do this, how to set a screen. And everybody was kind of laughing like, dude, what are you doing? This isn't kindergarten. Like we know how we know that our ABCs, but see, that's the problem with this, this time of, 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 of basketball that they, they, we're only working off the athleticism and we're catering to these guys because that's what we do. That's how you get the talent. You have to cater to these guys to the point where there is really no one out there that's really coaching these guys anymore. It's very few really, really good NBA coaches because they don't get a chance to be very, very good. They're either one little thing goes wrong, they're ostracized. They're like, oh, well, the star said he's leaving if this coach doesn't get fired. And it it, it, it all goes up in smoke at that point. So we're, we're, there's so many things that play into this. And the reality is I, I can't expect the 34-year-old malcontent to change his ways. And even if he did, can he do what needs to be done physically? Because he's been in the league for 14 years. I don't, I just don't see it. And then you've got young players that didn't produce with the great coaches in really good systems. And then they're going to come to this system and play for a rookie coach who's got to deal with all this drama behind them too. It, the table's not set very well right now, G. It's, it's not set very well. I am going to pray that I'm wrong. I really am. And I'm going to pray that something changes mentally for some of the guys and they prove us wrong. But it doesn't look good. doesn't look good right now. No. And Young MB, I know, has been adding some good suggestions, so I want to give him a shout-out. In fact, the chat room, you guys get a, a really big hand from both of us. You guys have been incredible in the chat room all night long. want to give every each and every one of you for taking the time to giving us a big shout-out out there. So I'm giving you a shout-out right back. You guys have been great, incredible talking about somehow maneuvering for a trade later on for Harrison Barnes. I think Harrison Barnes is a good player. You know, putting him in the mix of the starting lineup would make the Lakers more competitive. I actually think, though, that if, you know, even with Sacramento, their hopes of getting and reaching the play-in or the playoffs, I think that Barnes come February will be a very hot commodity at the trade deadline. And I think that one of those higher end teams, one of those teams competing at the top of the Eastern and Western conferences are going to really target him as a trade piece, an integral trade piece. So it'll be difficult, I think, for the Lakers to go ahead and get him, but it's not out of the realm of possibility and it would make the, the Lakers better. But how much better? Again, all these scenarios, uh, I'm not sure, but it was mentioned, I think, by Blue Magic that the Lakers' best news this offseason was LeBron's extension. And I agree. You got LeBron to at least commit to an additional year. That gives you a little bit more time with the end. And I think he understands there's no quick fix that's going to get you right back at the top of the Western Conference as of now that both you and I can see. But you also have to also understand the financial implications. LeBron James was not going to get that kind of money anywhere else. Agreed. So that that needed to be a common sense. And again, he's a billionaire. It doesn't matter, guys. It doesn't matter. A billionaire doesn't change his earning status. Billionaires, if anything, want more because that's sure. how they became a billionaire. Good they're point. they're traditionally frugal too. I am in a business where I have spoken with a lot of high end types, and you'll 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 laugh at how frugal they are. 
And a lot, I'm not saying they're all like this, but the majority of them are. And in the, in the grand scheme of things, guys, I didn't talk about it before. I probably should have talked about it back in June and May, but there was no way he wasn't going to sign that extension. There was no way. Uh, there was a little bit of a crack because he has said that he doesn't care, you know, about money when it comes to playing with his kids. But that little thing in my head was like, mm, you're not going <laughs> to pass 50 million, LeBron. I'm sorry, because you can't really guarantee what's going to happen with that. It was just there was no realistic Because there's scenario. a very real possibility at the end of his career so that he can play with one or both his of his sons that he might have to take minimum contracts somewhere. Well, he'll take it. He'll take the minimum because no one is going to pay him anymore. So maybe he reaches the limit. Maybe he reaches that, you know, 23rd season, and now he's hit the wall. I mean, people don't remember this, but Kobe hit the wall rather quickly. You know, he went same from, with Kareem did, did as well. Remember, yeah. he, I think he averaged what seven points in his final well, Kareem, season. Yeah, Kareem at least still was on a team that kind of carried him a little bit. It wasn't as bad in '89, but that was really yeah. That was pretty much. He probably could have retired. Uh, he would have probably retired in '88 had they were not going for the three P. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that last season was. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't Kareem. It was like that was it. Yeah. He went a year too long. But with Kobe, Kobe, like like I used to always say about Troy Polamalu, I, I used to say this all the time. I said, guys, you have to understand that one day Kobe is going to hit that proverbial wall. It's going to be all of quick, them do. All, right? all athletes, but do. especially those two, because guys like let's say Troy Polamalu was a. I have I've never seen any human being do the things he did, and it, it they were. It, it was uh, it, his his collision, his collision career, his massive co- collision of a career. I'm like this guy. If this guy's here nine years, I will tip my hat off, and I'm going to enjoy it. Kobe, because of his work ethic, lasted as long as he did because of it. And obviously, it's basketball; it's a little easier on the body than football. But Even after the Achilles, sure. But the thing is, it's it. I. We, <laughs> We, I, you had to have been realistic that this was not going to end well. It would, it was going to end like it did, where where he's playing for a, a some kind of something, and all of a sudden, boom. But done. let me ask you this: getting back to the final question that I put in, as far as who do you think will be the major contributor of the newcomers not named Pat Bev? I think for me, I think because of the fact he does play defense and he's one of your few wings on the roster, not named LeBron James. I really think that JTA will be that individual. I think he's going to become someone that you know a lot of the fans out there will like and appreciate. Who do you think will be that that newcomer that you think might actually make a good contribution? Seeing a Damon Jones, you know, because there's another mean, possibility. Right now, the, the the lead has to be Reeves. He's the only one that I well, would not trust. Reeves. I'm talking. He's not a newcomer. He's oh, I'm sorry. Oh, someone that came in new. Um, yes. I would say if I at the first thought I had was if 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 Thomas Bryant is healthy, he might be a big contributor. If we get him before he got the injury, absolutely. If he play if he gets back to that that level of of shooting I, and and playing ability. Yeah, I don't I don't I just don't I don't like the team right now. 
I don't like the. I'm not saying if I like the team or not. I'm just asking who's going who could be the biggest contributor to. The I zero, zero of the newcomers. <sighs> I really think you're going to like JTA. I think with his hustle, I know he wasn't a big contributor for Golden State's team, and I, I just think that now he's. What do you consider a contributor? Are you talking somebody like a Malik Monk? I'm not they, giving. He was considered the third best player on our team. I'm not going to say JTA is going to be the third best player on our team. I just think he's going to be someone that's going to give you 20, 25 minutes of game. He's going to give you hard-nosed defense. He's going to hit some shots, maybe around 35 to 40% from three. But he's still only going to score 7 to 12 points a game. But at least he's going to be someone that I think a lot of fans out there are going to appreciate his work ethic and what he brings to the game. It's my opinion. Uh, Great opinion. I think, uh, I hope so. He's really worked hard to get in the league and stay in the league. And I think he's going to take this chance. I, I understand that. And I appreciate that, but I'm, I'm kind of tired of the little engine that could is trying the well, little I engine. Mean, we've that had could one almost players. every year. With yeah, I can't, I can't do it anymore. I, 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 <laughs> I just want, I just want, I just want to watch professional basketball. I want to watch guys who know their capabilities, who know their roles. We had that and we kind of butchered it. It's 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 because of greed, greed of just nonsense. Oh, Jim, <laughs> now, now let me get Jim. I'm with Joe, too. I do not like the construction of this current team as well. I think we are all in agreement of that. But and but we're going to still watch the games. We're still going to be here on the Lakers fast break. But, yeah, this roster doesn't make yeah. sense as Blue Magic it, it, and we, Jim are alluding to. They don't make sense right now. So, Blue Magic just mentioned, has none even been cleared to play. So, we're – there's still no talk of this guy. And this guy has skills, right? Still hasn't – I haven't heard jack crap about it. I'm, I'm in tune with all the news, guys. I, I pay attention to relevant news, of course. I don't go on Twitter and listen to those those hacks that just put up BS trade scenarios. I'm talking about – when I want to know what Nunn's doing, I go on the Lakers ball and, and and a couple of other sites that are credible and go, okay, what news is coming out of there? Is he playing yet? Has he practiced yet? If he has not played five on five at this point, September 1, I have zero faith in that guy. Well, according to the Athletics' Jovan Buha, he told uh, Hoop Hype's Michael Scotto, uh, guy who was in the news recently about hoops hype as far as, you know, when we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, as far as what he was claiming and how that turned out. But, uh, but Johan Buha said that Nunn's practice ramp up continues to be slower than anticipated, which I know is not going to make Joe none too happy. Because it goes back to what I always tell you, G I'm in the <laughs> results business. I'm not That's into enough. fantasy fantasy. Is nice when you're playing a video game or watching Lord of the Rings, you know? Yeah, I'm going to right? be here after our show. For you. Absolutely. Go Fantasy, watch it on Amazon Prime. When you're sitting there and you're watching those things Rings and you know, you know those orcs don't exist, but it's really cool. They look cool, right? And the, and the story's cool. That's great. That's great fantasy. I love that kind of stuff. But the reality in real life is about results. And... We are fans of the L.A. Lakers. And, yes, we're spoiled and entitled. So what? We, that's, just, that's, that's, where, that's how it came about. We're Laker fans. We expect to win championships. I've seen six of them. And it's not enough. It's never enough. I want more. Nor should it want, be enough. And should, yeah, exactly. 
And, and, and this is where we are. We are going to be a little bit more passionate than a Charlotte Hornet fan base or an Indiana Pacers fan base. It is what it is. And we're going to be very upset when those players are not putting all of their efforts in winning. If you put all your efforts in winning and lose, I will respect you. I will respect accountability if you say, I was terrible, terrible this year in this or that. I will say, you know what? Let's see if we can get them next year. Management made a bad deal. And they just needed to own up to it. They need to own up. We made a, we made a mistake. They can't because then they're going to hurt feelings. And, you know, they're not all going to be Bill Belichick or Greg Popovich, right? They're, those days are gone. The only reason why those guys still exist is because they, they 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 have the cachet for it. But as of right now, Genie has to get on the horn and say, uh, he was the best player last year. No, wait. Uh, he was the most consistent player. No. Oh, wait. Uh, uh, he played the most games uh, for our team. Like, is this a leader? When you're constantly backtracking, you, you guys tell me. You guys tell me if I'm overreacting here. When you have people tweeting at 2 o'clock at night, like high school kids, these are run, they're running a $7 billion industry. What do you want me to think? And your team is in shambles. And then you get interviewed once and you're talking about, yeah, he's this. No, wait, he's this. Like, dude, what do you, just don't say anything. How about don't talk anymore? How about well, just the full- thing is, she has to right now because she's doing publicity for the Legacy docu series on Hulu. They, th- what happened to John Black? They fired him, right? Where, where's the PR guy? They used to. We used to th- isn't that what these companies do to hire PR guys for these reasons? Well, speaking of that, again, I have an interview coming up on the ninth, and I'm going to tape with one of the executive producers of Legacy. I segued to that and didn't even know it. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> the true story of the LA Lakers. That's Stephen chemistry, Lecker. G. That's chemistry. Well, I will be interviewing Stephen Leckert, one of the executive producers working alongside Antoine Foucault. That's the major guy behind this, the director of this series so far, four episodes in. I will be interviewing him on the 9th. If you have any questions that you want me to go ahead and ask him, because it's a limited uh, time frame, I'm going to be able to speak to him. I'm just going to record it and then drop it on the channel later on. And also wherever you get your podcast, I'm going to, in fact, that it would be within 24 hours. I'm just going to go ahead and post it within 24 hours of me recording it. I do want to go ahead and say, if you have any questions, please go ahead and hit me up at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter or Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. And I will relay your questions. Again, it's going to be a limited time interview. So I'm just going to go ahead and record it and then throw it up on the channel. It is, again, with Stephen Leckard, one of the executive producers from legacy the true story of the la lakers right now on hulu i'd love to hear your thoughts on the show and the episodes and what you think in the chat as well whenever you guys get a chance please go ahead and share it and i'll go ahead and express it on the show as well in fact upcoming this weekend i've got a episode i'm going to do with sean grice his thoughts on the series so far and where he hopes it'll go from here but on the way out my friend mr lakersball.com you got to go ahead and check out ox1947 today at lakersball.com any last thoughts on the day's events and where you think it'll go from now for the Lakers before we head on out? You guys have been incredible. The chat room cannot thank you enough. And I will give you a big shout out before we leave, but please any last thoughts, Joe, before we head on out. 
Be prepared for trading camp with the current roster. That is how I'm preparing. Uh, there might be a last second deal that might creep up, but it's in my book probably unlikely. Uh, I don't expect a major deal at the trade deadline for Westbrook either. Uh, Rob Palenka has not shown me any evidence that he can make that kind of trade anyways. So I want the crowd out there to be prepared for a, a small possibility of the team being good, but also be prepared that it might, it might be either close to what you saw last year or maybe a little bit better. My optimism is in that AD and LeBron will be available most of the year. That is what I'm actually going to be waiting for. And I want to see if it's enough for them to dent some things in the in, in, during their run. Can, if, if LeBron and AD play 70 to 75 games this year, does that make, does that turn the team into a title contender? That's what I'm waiting for. Because you're asking yourself, okay, and everybody's talking about, you know, where can the Lakers go? What the Lakers need to do to get back to the top of the Western Conference. In order to get back to the top of the Western Conference, let's say in a Western Conference that has a lot of great contenders in it right now on paper, barring entry, you have to get 22 games to get to 55 games. 22 games above what they did last season as far as wins. They have to get 22 more wins than they did this past season to get to a point where they could be at the top of the Western Conference, or at least to well, be in that conversation. Uh, That's a hard yeah, thing to ask. Yeah, 55 games is a lot. Yeah. Uh, and it would need a... It would be a, one of the biggest NBA turnarounds you, ever. You would, you would have to... And this is, again, not fair to LeBron. This is why it's going to be hard to do this. LeBron would have to play 70 to 75 games, and AD would have to be a top three MVP guy with possibly a Defensive Player of the Year award for them to be anywhere near that number. And a supporting cast that would be able to... Well, there again, that's... that's right, and... and I'm, I'm factoring in if those guys are available and they're playing game in and game out, there's going to be some chemistry that's built and there might be some things that might improve from some of the younger guys or whatever, right? So let's put that into, into consideration. If that's the case, my issue, though, is are, are you asking LeBron too much of LeBron? Is he going to make it another three months in the playoffs or two and a half months? That's... That's what I'm looking at because originally last year, the reason why I maybe got blindfolded by the Westbrook deal was all I could think about when they brought in Westbrook was, holy crap, this might allow LeBron to really play 30 minutes a game, 29 minutes a game. Remember, 2014, my opinion, top three coaching seasons ever that I've watched in Greg Popovich. That was one of the greatest coaching displays of 2014 no one on that team played more than 30 minutes a game that's how well he managed that team and when they got into that finals they ran LeBron out in cramps that's how good that team was Tim Duncan averaged 29 29 minutes a game that year I mean just phenomenal management of a team and Tim Duncan was nowhere near what he was before, and he was still effective because he was preserved as well as you could preserve a player. 
And I just can't, I can't expect as, as freakish as LeBron is physically, I can't expect him. And there's already evidence of evidence of it, guys. He can't play defense all out all year long. It's just not, it's not going to work. He'll, he'll break down. He's broken down a few times in the last three seasons uh, in three of the last four seasons. So it's already there. Like the, the evidence is already there. So now what is it going to take to be competitive? Well, Reality is competitive. It's going to be AD and LeBron playing a lot of games and hopefully AD playing at a, at, a, at a high echelon. But does it mean a title contender? No, no. They would need a third guy. They would have to at least get a third guy that could be that guy that could kind of make that shot in the second round of the playoffs that makes a difference. But we don't have anyone like that right now. No. No, not right now, but hoping for a good, better future for the Lakers. Hoping for a future that will include some last-minute roster tweaks. Maybe finally seeing if we could pull off a trade with Indiana or someone else that's going to get you know Russell Westbrook off the team and maybe something else in place that might help give the Lakers a better chance of being more competitive this coming season. But we'll see. But it is looking more and more like that Russell Westbrook will be a part of the opening day roster. Will he be sent home? Will he be playing? We've actually shared our thoughts on today's episode. Everyone in the chat room deserves a big round of applause from us. We truly appreciate everyone out there as far as their comments from Jim Faison to Young MB, who actually was here live. He's usually catches us on the replays, so truly appreciate it. Blue Magic, always great having you here. You know, so many individuals out there. Again, Paul, the Utah fan who keeps coming back. Truly appreciate it. O-Dog, truly appreciate O-Dog. Also as well for his comments as far as the Knicks are concerned. Elias, looks like he was a part of our show as well. Appreciate him in the comments as well. Thank you so much. Everybody that was such a great part of the show. Ray Joe, thank you so much for stopping by as well. He doesn't think AD is making the all-star team this year. Well, again, I'll, I'll relate it to what Joe said before previously, Ray Joe, and that is AD, this is a, a make it or break it year for him in Joe's mind. Joe wants to give him one more year. I'm willing to go ahead and do that. After that, you got to see what you can do as far as moving possibly on from AD if he doesn't go ahead and perform to the level that you need to. Jeff Green is always truly appreciated you being part of the show. Again, Leighton Griffiths, he stuck in with a comment. Nick Wong. Appreciate it. Hope all is well with you out there. Tell Tom we said hi. We missed him on today's show. Hopefully we'll get him back on Sunday. Once again, Paul, great to have you here. Everybody's been a great part of this chat room today. We truly appreciate it. Once again, we will be back. I will be doing an episode sometime over this weekend that I'll drop on the channel with me and Sean Grice. At least we have that scheduled. But we will be back on Sunday at 530 for our usual group chat so we're going to go ahead and do that so we will be here on sunday blue magic says thanks to the show excellent as always you guys have been great we had some really good numbers tonight one of our best shows in a while as far as the number of people being here so thank you for being a part of what we do here anthony davis one last thing from jim phase on anthony davis best years were in new orleans just his three cents good show guys hey we thank you for being a part of it I'm hoping that's not the case, and I'm hoping that the best of AD is still yet to come, but I know a lot of people are saying that the bubble's the best AD for the Lakers is that we're ever going to get. Any last thoughts on that before we head on out, Joe? 
Uh, I do want to say uh, Jamie Sweet had to tend to his wife. His wife's father, uh, I guess, got sick. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm not hearing anything terribly bad, but I just wanted to let everyone I wish know. Him, I wish him and the family best because I know he yeah. had to leave. I didn't know why, but yes, I'm so yes. sorry to hear that. Uh, yes. My so thoughts I just are wanted, with him. Yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, I just wanted to make that clear. Uh, he had to tend to his wife, and and uh, right now there's nothing bad of course. At, least, uh, at the moment. But uh, that's why he had to had to leave, and hoping uh, hoping we can see him on Sunday for for the next show. Absolutely, wishing him and uh, you know his father in law and you know his wife and his whole entire family all the best. Uh, we'll be praying for you. I'll go ahead and see if I can check in on him to make sure he's okay and see if his family's okay. Obviously, we'll go ahead and keep in touch. But we're hoping he can come back. Laker Tom can come back. Maybe we get John McKaylee in because I know he was busy working. He was here early in the chat. Joe back. There's a lot to talk about still. We've got four weeks left to training camp and we'll see what happens, but we have still got so much to talk about. Joe, any thoughts on the Anthony Davis stuff I was talking about with Jim before we head on out? I believe Anthony Davis's best season, at least defensively was 2020. I, I don't, I still can't figure out how he didn't win defensive player of the year that year. Uh, had there not been a break in the season, I think he would have won it. I think people forgot how, how dominant he was that year. Uh, that was the best Anthony Davis I've ever seen play. And you have to go that with that year because I actually saw him do – I saw him turn into Hakeem Olajuwon when it mattered in the playoffs. And I've only seen Hakeem Olajuwon play defense like that my whole life. Uh, it I, To me, AD 2020 was the best AD I'd ever seen. And this year is going to have to be – better than that yeah. for the Lakers to even have any shot at being a title contender. Agreed, my friend. Absolutely agreed. But once again, we will be back with more great episodes. Again, if you have a question for me to go ahead and relate to Stephen Leckard coming up here on the 9th, he's one of the executive producers of Legacy, the current docuseries on Hulu. I'll go ahead and relay it on. Please go ahead and hit me up at Lakers Fast Break or LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. I'll be dropping an episode, hopefully, if everything goes well and he gets out of Toronto traffic with Sean Grice this weekend. We will definitely be back Sunday, 5.30 Pacific Standard Time, 8.30 Eastern Standard Time, just for everyone out there. So we are going to try and stick to a Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday schedule for everyone out there. Joe, you can always catch us, Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Once again, the latest news as uh, Mitchell gets traded. Spider Mitchell, as Jamie Sweet always loves to say, Spider Mitchell has been traded for Colin Sexton, Larry Markinen, Abaji, and three draft picks, first round draft picks, and two picks. Unprotected, too. <laughs> Unprotected, too. So now they have, again, not counting their own, they have what, seven, possibly up to seven first round picks. If, you know, it's, uh, I think some of the one, at least one of the Minnesota picks is protected, but up to seven potential added on first round picks plus pick swaps as well. Danny Ainge is uh, making out like a bandit. I'm telling you, my friend, making out like a bandit indeed. So I'll tell you what, we'll see what we can do here from the Lakers end. Will that mean a trade to the Lakers for Utah or will that mean a trade from somewhere else for the Lakers? Or will that mean that Westbrook is going to stay for now as a member of the Lakers heading into camp? We will go ahead and continue to discuss these options. And we thank you again for being part of what we do right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.